Be part of an innovative fine arts community immersed in a top research university. Carnegie Mellon University's School of Music's world-class vocal department constantly works at the cutting edge of musical art forms. CMU performance faculty are creating projects that leverage musicians' skill sets in unique and applicable ways. Students are challenged to think outside the box as they engage with non-traditional performance spaces, collaboration with electronics, and improvisation, alongside a robust program of traditional studies, languages, recitals, and operas. To learn more about Carnegie Mellon University and to apply, visit the link in the show notes of this episode. This is So Lit Song Lit, a production of Cincinnati Song Initiative, where we reimagine the repertoire by introducing less familiar art songs through sound clips and lively discussion. I'm vocal coach Ellen Rissinger. And I'm soprano Tony Marie Palmertree. Join us as we explore this exciting repertoire. So Lit, So Lit, reimagining the repertoire. Today, we would like to introduce you to composer Daniel Pinkham and discuss his set of songs, the three songs from Ecclesiastes. If this name sounds familiar, even though you're not familiar with his work, uh, it's because we briefly mentioned his name in our episode about Lily Boulanger because he studied with her sister, Nadia Boulanger. It's interesting to me that this set of songs is a set of religious songs because you don't find many sets of art song type religious songs. And so where in the world did you find this composer? (laughs) My mother used to play the piano for a tenor at her high school. And he went on to become an operatic tenor, Kenneth Regal. He was kind of the standard bearer of Herod and Zalame all over the world. He did a lot of, I'm going to say Pfitzner, but I don't think it was Pfitzner. I know he did Detzwerk. He did a lot of character, like the German big character tenory things. And he's he's a wonderful, wonderful man, a great tenor, and apparently gave me my first lollipop as a child. <laughs> so when I became a pianist when I started really being a coach he asked me to play a concert with him and one of the sets that we did was the three songs from Ecclesiastes oh wow that's amazing there's something in the water around where we live we got a lot of opera singers around here and musicians We, we definitely do and I fell in love with this music because it's so crunchy and the other side of that is that While I do not consider myself to be super religious, I do love the book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible. And part of the reason I love it is because it is basically just saying it's useless. Like nobody knows what's going to happen after death. So stop worrying about it. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. It was a very comforting thing to find when I started like having my first totus angst, you know, and sort of worrying about what's going to happen after we die. And to get to the part where it says no man can know what will happen after he dies. I'm like, okay, even the Bible tells us we don't know. Wow. Wow. That is incredible. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And what a lovely thing to set to music. Exactly. So the the King James version of the first line is vanity of vanities, 
all is vanity. And that's the first song of this. It's a very poetic way of saying it's all useless. <laughs> vanity. <laughs> it's all in vain. Everything we do is in vain. Mm. And it's the the writing here is quite bold, too. Very much so. And it's this doesn't even try to be tonal, I don't think. It's a statement. If you're looking to start a program with a big, bold statement, this is probably a great way to do it. Absolutely. This will catch your attention, no doubt. we get into the second song we have the text go thy way eat thy bread with joy and drink thy wine with a merry heart for god now accepteth thy works oh gorgeous it is so beautiful and the way he sets it the first thing he says is semplice so simply he wants this to be a simple piece it's very the piano part is very sparse the vo the vocal line is lovely and super legato and uh, almost tonal especially in comparison to what we had before this yes it feels it sounds very melodic go thy way eat thy bread with joy and drink thy wine with a merry it's a one-page song, and I know we said in other podcasts that one-page songs tend to have a lot of a lot of meat in them, which surprises us. And he really gives you, again, almost an entire little mini opera, or since this is more religious, maybe a little more of an oratorio feel to it for mm -hmm. an entire page. It's a psalm. It's a psalm. It feels that way very much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The third song is To Everything There Is a Season. There was a, a pop song, is it? To everything, turn, turn, turn. There is a season, turn, turn, turn. But that's not what we're doing today. No. <laughs> is it the mamas and the papas, though? Or something I don't like know. I'm too young to know, Ellen. And so are you. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> But this is the text that he took for the third song. He kind of sets it very wordy. It feels like you're just saying words at me at the beginning. So you're saying to everything, there is a season. And it's set almost exactly the way I want to say it. And when he gets into the parts about a time to weep and a time to laugh, he gives you this little bit of a time to weep and he gives you a little weeping and then he gives you a laugh and gives you a little bit of like staccato laughter to it. A 
time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. He gives you a little bit of a dance. He says a time to dance. And in the piano part, you get like this little hornpipe almost. I smiled when I heard the the laughter part. It, it really right? gives you those emotions that he wanted you to feel. Exactly. So I think the thing to know about Pinkham is that first of all, he was he was a teacher at Boston Conservatory. He taught composition from 1946 until 2006. So 60 years that he influenced composers. And he also taught at New England Conservatory starting at the end of the 50s too. So he was very important in the Boston area. He also had a church job. So a lot of the music that he has, has a religious undertone. I looked up to see whether he had done any operas. He has one opera based on a cask of Amontillado. Oh, right. <laughs> but he has a bunch of like oratorios and passions and stage works that are intended for a church. So he has some really interesting different things. The other thing that I thought was super, super cool was that he has a song cycle called Vowels. <laughs> and it is literally A A H A. E H E E E A, which is a spelled A W, ah, and O spelled O O. <laughs> so it's, it's a whole cycle. It is for a soprano and a flute and a handbell. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a version of it for mezzo soprano, alto flute, and a handbell. Wow, that had to have been inspired by his many, many years teaching in conservatory, just hearing stuff through the wall. Right? <laughs> you know, I wanted to make sure and mention that because our next episode is going to be based on vocalises. So this is a nice little lead in to talk about vocalises, the fact that he has a little song cycle with vocalises. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. And it sounds really interesting with all those little extras that can come along with it. That's so cool. Handbell. That's awesome. I know, I know with a handbell. <laughs> Need more cowbell is all I can think about. <laughs> so how do we find these pieces or, or his music? The score is available at Sheet Music Plus. So we'll make sure to put a link to that in the show notes. And I would say as far as a level for this, because of the really crunchy harmonies, because it's a tonal language that's very different from what I would say is kind of what we do as standard pieces. I would say this would take someone with a little bit more training rather than maybe not a beginner, but maybe an advanced undergraduate, like third or fourth year, definitely graduate students could do it. And obviously professionals. I agree. Musical performances on this episode were performed by tenor Michael Valikapel and pianist Ellen Rissinger, recorded at Carnegie Mellon University's recording studio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Purchase information for the scores discussed in this episode are available in the show notes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to help others find this podcast. 
episodes drop every first, third, and fifth Thursday of the month. So Lit Songlit is a production of Cincinnati Song Initiative. You can learn more about their network of podcasts at cincinnatisonginitiative.org slash podcasts. Are you craving incredible song recitals? Are you interested in a behind-the-scenes view into professional song making at the highest levels of artistry? Are you looking to develop your own artistic and entrepreneurial skills as a classical musician in this ever-changing 21st century landscape? If you found yourself saying yes to any of those questions, look no further than Cincinnati Song Initiative's week-long program, The Fellowship of the Song. Taking place this year from May 19 through 26, The Fellowship brings together some of the country's brightest song performers and teachers for a week of classes, concerts, and study events. And we invite you to join us as an auditor, either in person in Cincinnati or online wherever you may be located. When you join the fellowship as an auditor, you gain instant access to the entire week's events and can go back and relive the magic through HD video recordings of each and every session. To learn more about this incredible new opportunity, visit CincinnatiSongInitiative.org audit.